You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. We are currently covering every Mandalorian-themed episode uh, of Star Wars TV, from Clone Wars through Rebels, and we are currently covering The Mandalorian. This week, we watched Season 2, Episode 5? Five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 5, The Jedi. But before we get into that, we have a guest. Hello. Howdy. We are joined today by Mark from Pink Milk. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> so technically, you are our second Pink Milk guest because when nice. we had Chase on, he wasn't yet uh, a member. Oh my but god, you're awesome. You're also technically our third then because he was uh, recruited, recruited soon after. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, Chase is fabulous. He was fun. We had Brian on before that as well. So yeah, yeah. you're you're our third now. Sweet. We're, we're collecting the bunch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. For our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the the Pink Milk After Dark live stream and podcast, which if you do listen to our show, you should also be listening to them. Uh, how did you get into Star Wars? Me? So, I was, I'm a kid of the 70s, born in the 70s, and so I was just old enough to get into A New Hope when it hit. And, of course, I wanted all the toys, and I just became completely obsessed with it, and even saw the holiday special when it aired. You know, oh, wow. Gouge my eyes out afterwards. That's bragging rights right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember, I was, like, waiting for it, waiting for it, and I saw it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> Even then, I knew it was like, oh, my God, what is this? But there's parts of it that are cool, of course. You know, now we look back on it and, you know, even though it's a hot mess, it's our hot mess. So. Exactly. It's a hot mess with the Boba Fett cartoon in the middle. That must not be forgotten. Yeah. So. And, then, and then from there, it was just, you know, of course, Empire came out and then Jedi. So, and then we went through the dark times and then we got the Timothy Zahn books and then eventually... All came back around again with, you know, the special editions and the prequels and so on and so on. And it's just always been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up in the in the 90s. So mm -hmm. um, I remember my dad sat me down and showed me A New Hope. And like, I remember watching all three of them being like, that's it? Like, there's no more? And my dad was like, yeah, there's no more. And then Phantom Menace, like, came and took it, like, like no one knew more Star Wars was coming, or at least, you yeah, know, right? as a kid, I, like, I wasn't following, like, production news, like, I just, like, <laughs> one day there was Star Wars stuff again, and it was wild. What about favorite, favorite movie out of all of them? Which is a, so, a, a tough question, but, it, it you is, know. It is, it is. 
I mean, obviously, for me, the best will always be Empire. My favorite is Return of the Jedi, which is something that I think most of the Pink Bill group, including Chase, all agree on, if I remember. But hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head if Chase does as well, too. But, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy Return of the Jedi. I think it's honestly the one I've watched the most. Um, you know, growing up, I just always throw it on just to have it on in the background. I was so scared of Emperor Palpatine in that movie that I would <laughs> fast forward anytime he was on screen when I was a kid wow. watching it. I don't think I knew oh that God. about you. Yeah, yeah, that's not something I talk about frequently, but I love yeah. that because uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but no, I was cool, so right? scared of him. <laughs> but that's great because, like, I, I find that character, if I'm thinking of from like the point of view of being a little kid, I would find that character scarier than I would Vader, you know? Um, just because the way he looks and the way he talks and everything, you know? It's just like evil dripping from every delicious sentence that comes out of that man's mouth. <laughs> I don't think I ever thought Vader was scary. I thought Vader was cool. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But But Palpatine scared the shit out of me. How did you keep your fandom alive in those periods where, like, we thought there was no Star Wars coming? So, uh, that would be, like I was saying, where just watching the videotapes and the releases that would end up coming out in between, you know, before we got the special editions, I would still very much... I worked at... When in the early 90s, um, I had started working at, like, Musicland Suncoast, right? Those retail stores. And so I was able to kind of have my finger on the pulse of, oh, there's these video releases coming out. And so, you know, whenever a new box set would come out, it'd be all gung-ho. And then I wanted to get the widescreen versions of them. And so those those kept my fandom alive. And I just keep watching them and watching them, you know, and just looking at to see if there's anything I missed. But it was just the comfort of having the ability to be able to watch it on videotape whenever I wanted to. And, you know, and then finally, until like, you know, Timothy Zahn books came out, I was like, oh, this is great. It's like, it's not a movie, but it's just something new to digest. And I ate it all up. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, and then finally, when the special editions came around, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm going to get to see these on the big screen again. And now, now I'm an adult and I can go buy as much toys as I want on my own. Because, you, know? <laughs> <So, Yeah. laughs> you know, everything... That's just the thing, even with every, every one of these releases back then, going to Toys R Us for their midnight release was a huge part of the whole, um, you know, just that whole era. It was just so much fun and, you know, and there was so much product, like you couldn't even afford it all in one night, you know? <laughs> now, it's crazy. I know you are also on a Star Trek podcast, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's called Taking the Number Two, which is part of the... Um, uh, Bad Motivators Patreon Network. So I'm on there with Dallas and Steve and Catherine Neen. So I'm going to ask you favorite captain. Oh, good question. <laughs> okay, let me see. I'm going to go with Janeway because I love me some Kate Hepburn in space. <laughs> there you go. Ryan, are you, do you have any vines into Trek? I I know that Picard is the bald one and Kirk is the <laughs> one who sleeps. I don't know much about Trek, honestly. I've seen like two to three episodes of every series. And I recently so, edited a photo shoot that my girlfriend shot of an Andorian cosplayer at Vasquez Rocks. And, and I finally remember nice. those terms. 
<laughs> no, and that's great man. because I knew <laughs> I didn't knew exactly what you were talking about. Yes. Nice job there. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's sweet. So, Ryan, I'll ask you favorite captain, but it doesn't have to be a Star Trek character. Ooh, favorite captain. I'm going to go with Captain Falcon from Super Smash Brothers or Han Solo. A little generic. Okay. Uh, for me, from Trek, it's got to be Cisco. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it really looks fantastic. Yeah. I kind of want, like, Picard to be my dad, but I would want to work <laughs> for Cisco. Yes! Oh, no, that, that that makes perfect sense. Yes. Love it. <laughs> uh, I am not done Deep Space Nine yet. I'm working my way through, and so oh, once sweet. I finish that, I'll jump on Voyager. But uh, yeah, 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 I'm kind of new to Trek. I, it feels weird saying that because I've been watching it for like four years now. Yeah. I still haven't seen all of it. So yeah, um, no, I hear you. Every once in a while, I'll do I'll do a rewatch of Deep Space Nine. I think I rewatched that more than any other series, to be honest. There's, um, it's just an so interesting much. show. There is it's, it's a lot. It's it's a very interesting show, and I love how when it gets past a certain point, it kind of turns the corner, and it's not the same again, and that's for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then because I grew up on GI Joe reruns, and I know mm. that you are also a Joe fan, I'm going to ask you top three Joes. Okay, well, first do easy enough, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, and then if I gotta go with a third, oh, oh, Scarlet, because she's got a crossbow. (laughs) Nice, 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 nice. Uh, Ryan, do you have any vines into G.I. Joe, or am I leaving you in the cold again? I was once at a toy collector show in Pittsburgh while my friend bought a USS flag and was very excited about it. Once again. (laughs) <laughs> that is my only uh yeah the flag was cool my that's favorite joe is the flag <laughs> yes it really is for uh, that's all i got for me it is shipwreck nice dusty which oh. is kind of a pull uh and then uh lady J. oh sweet okay cool i like shipwreck because he had the attitude he was kind of sassy Mm-hmm. Then there was an episode where Dusty becomes a traitor and joins Cobra. Oh my god! And I am always a sucker for a character who switches sides, right? <laughs> and uh, it turned out to be like an elaborate ruse, and the only person who knew about it was Duke, but he got hurt, and so like his only like the only person who knew he was deep cover was Duke. So all the Joes thought Dusty was a traitor, and it was a very wow. Uh, it blew my mind as a small child. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Lady J is just, you know, a badass. So. Yeah. And the Baroness is pretty cool, too, though, if you have to think about it, though, because, you know, that, oh. look, that look alone, that outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no wonder uh, grown Andy has some... Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we had them on VHSs, and then we had family friends who had kids who were older than us, and yeah. they had all of the G.I. Joe toys, so when we would hang out with the, these family friends, yeah. uh, you know, like, their rating, their, their toy cover was bonkers, because they had the, <laughs> the huge Cobra Fort that was in the swamp. Oh, I don't know if I remember that, but, but they, I do remember the hovercraft. That was, the, like, the toy I wanted that I never got. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they had they had like everything. Nice, uh, but because Joe is before my time, and I like grew up on like the VHSs. Like mm-hmm. none of my friends like knew or cared. Yeah, so yeah. getting to talk to to people who few years older and, and geek out about G.I. Joe's. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that era. That was so much fun. All right. Well, let's dive into The Mandalorian because this is a Star Wars TV show podcast where we only talk about Star Wars only TV shows ever. and nothing Nothing. Else. Nothing. Out of topic. Nothing nope. else. <laughs> oh, God. So we watched The Jedi. Uh, the recap for this episode is probably going to be pretty quick. Uh, this is another, like, samurai western. Um, Din lands on a fucked up planet, and he's, like, looking for Ahsoka. Uh, Bo-Katan told him, you know, if you'll remember where to find her. So he's looking around, and he talks to, uh, this, like, gatekeep, gaslight, girl boss lady who is like, hey, uh, you should kill her. And I'll give you this super dope collectible that I had to wait in line for. It's 100% real Beskar. Uh, Yeah. And Din is like, you know what? I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. And uh, the, 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 the scary badass lady is like, this is where you find Ahsoka. Din finds Ahsoka. They have a little fight. He's like, Bo-Katan sent me. And Ahsoka's like, oh, how's my favorite space lesbian? Let's hang out. Uh, Ahsoka and Grogu do like a Vulcan mind meld. And uh, Ahsoka's like, his name's Grogu. He was in the Jedi Temple. Uh, I'm not going to train him, though. He's formed attachments. And Din is like, hey, that's bullshit. And Ahsoka's like, you can just drop him off at Tython and like some other Jedi might show up, even though they're all dead. Uh, and then everyone went on YouTube and made a bunch of videos about who that Jedi might be. Um, going back to the episode, they fight all the baddies, they free the town, um, and Din gets the, the collectible spear, and that's the episode. That's the whole thing. Uh, Ryan. Yes. Did you like this episode? I was not sure on my first viewing. Uh, on my second viewing, I enjoyed it, and I like it more now. Mark, did you like this episode? I did, but but I think there was, it took a second viewing to kind of take it all in, because when you think about it, it's a lot to digest. Just the sentence alone you said, we're talking about Bo-Katan before this. She directs us towards Ahsoka. All of a sudden, we see Ahsoka on screen, and I'm like, this is just unreal. Like, I never thought I'd see this. So, yeah. But I, I, I enjoy it a lot now. I, I think the hardest thing for me to swallow, uh, not taking in outside factors with this episode, which we will get to that when it's negative time, but the hardest thing for me to swallow is that Ahsoka is wrong. And that to me was difficult. And I had to sit with that because Ahsoka saying she won't train Grogu because she knows what happens when Jedi form attachments. She's wrong. Like Anakin did not fall to the dark side because of his attachments. Anakin fell to the dark side because the Jedi's dogma pushed him out and he thought he had no options. 
So that to me is like, damn, like Ahsoka's gotten old and has kind of like lost her way and is following mm-hmm. falling into the same traps that like fucking Yoda and Ben did is a yeah. bummer. Because when you see Ahsoka in Rebels, she is like the epitome of what a Jedi should be. And uh, this older version of Ahsoka is falling into the same traps that we see Luke in The Last Jedi do, and we saw Ben in the original trilogy do, and we saw Yoda in the prequel trilogy do. So, like, that to me is kind of a bummer, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just, you know, the first yeah. time I saw it, I was like, yo, Ahsoka's fucking wrong, and this sucks. <laughs> and rewatching it now, I'm like, Ahsoka's fucking wrong, and that's interesting. Yes. Same. I have to wonder if, if you know, because considering Filoni, this is his character and obviously knows the direction he wants her to go in. If this is all part of a bigger plan, is I mean, I guess the thing is, it's like you, we could have at least gotten her to spill the beans on the why things happened the way they did, and it would have connected us further to what had happened before, right? Um, but then, like you said, to get this version of this character and then wonder why is she acting this way? Is there a reason for this? Will it come to light later? And Ahsoka will end up telling Din, I was wrong. You should have this attachment. You know, this is what you need to do. This is how to correct this because this, you know, there, 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 if there is some bitterness, if there is something that is wrong with the character at this point, I hope it's explained why later. And then I think we'll be able to ease up on a little more, right? Yeah, and like I know a lot of people are assuming that Thrawn and Ezra have not been found yet, mm. but we don't know that. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. for all we know, Ahsoka did find Ezra, and something broke bad there, and that's why Ahsoka is like this now. Like we don't know. I have not considered yet. that. Um, and like maybe she's looking for Thrawn for vengeance. Like we yeah. just we just don't know. It'd be a saint a shame to not see Ezra in live action. You know, like we're assuming that's happening, but um, yeah, we don't know why Sabine is isn't there right now. We don't know why uh, Ahsoka is the way she is, and so I think um, for a lot of fans, where we last saw her in Rebels and the Ahsoka novel we were surprised at this kind of um, attitude that she is displaying here. And this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This like falling in line with like the code and like upholding it in, in like weird ways, like refusing to train Grogu for his attachment to Din to me, seems like a move the Jedi Council would do. And Ahsoka is not someone who I would uh, see kind of fall in line with that. But yeah, we just don't know what's what's happened to her in the meantime. So, Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this episode definitely, to me, felt like it was, it, it advanced the story of the Mandalorian, but it was also kind of there to nudge the Disney Plus audience and say like, hey, wouldn't you like a spinoff about this character? Would you <laughs> say it into the microphone? 
So I, I think the <laughs> I think the vagueness of it and the wait, what was probably designed into it. I imagine that the answers are coming. Well, just like with everyone wondering, like, why don't Mandalorians take their helmets yeah. off during season one? And Filoni was like, hey, it's not an inconsistency. That answer is coming. And then we got that answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming this stuff with Ahsoka is going to be the same way. Um, as far as other positives, I do like that Ahsoka was introduced in a way that if you had not seen Clone Wars and Rebels, you, like with context clues, you could pick up enough about who this character is. You know, you probably right. don't know that she was Anakin's apprentice. You probably don't know that she like quit the order pre uh, order 66, but like none of that's important. What's important is that she is an old Jedi who like could potentially train Grogu or introduce new Jedi to train Grogu. And that's all you need. The Thrawn yeah. shout out too is yeah. fucking cool. Yes. <laughs> that was kind of the moment in the first viewing where I was a hundred percent on board. Same. I gasped out loud. <laughs> I did not see it coming. When she said she was looking for her master, I was like, okay, like the boring answer is Gideon. What's the interesting answer? But yeah, I hadn't quite gotten to Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was something else because that's when we knew, whoa, there's a bigger picture here, like something, you know, this is, like you said, it's, it was setting it up for what was to come and her own series and whatever we're going to see ahead. I love how this episode marries the Western with the samurai mm-hmm. in that yes. in the grand finale, there's a samurai battle and a cowboy standoff. Yes. Yes. And they're both super riveting. Yeah. It's a, it's a, would you say, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, would you say because of the way that it looks up until certain points where it is very, very rich and warm looking, that it can be bleak in certain parts, the way it's set up, you know, because of the planet, the nature of the planet, the way it looks. Um, oh, yeah. But then we, yeah, we get some moments that are absolutely beautiful. Um, like Grogu and Ahsoka under the moonlight is one of my favorite Star Wars images. It Love just, that. I just was really taken aback at how gorgeous that scene was. And of course, like you said, the fight at the end, um, just iconic. I'm so glad we got to see a face-off like that. And it was two female characters doing it, right? So it just, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a very bleak episode. I mean, it is, it mm-hmm. is a dystopia that we're seeing. It's, it's this mm-hmm. oppressive regime and the visuals really sell it. This, what Emmy was this episode nominated for? I want to say costume design, but there was some other stuff, other visual stuff. Yeah, it's like it's up for like eight Emmy Awards, but I don't remember. I wonder if this episode in particular, yeah, got a bunch. To to your point, Mark, and this is completely unrelated to what uh, what awards this was nominated for. But uh, Ahsoka getting this badass duel with another woman, it didn't feel like a chick fight. Yeah, you know, like sometimes the like the badass woman protagonist, she for whatever convoluted reason, has to fight a woman nemesis rather than, like, the big bad who is a man. Yeah, This yeah. felt like the big bad is a woman and also 
Ahsoka is going to just like be the one to fight her. It didn't feel like, oh, chick fight. It was just like a fucking badass duel between yeah. two characters who happen to both be women, and it was really, really neat. Yeah, yeah. A, a little, almost like a little harking back to like Kill Bill and Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu and their great duel, you know, in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not as violent, but still, you know, there was that, that tension there. Um, but you gotta love it. Especially because of the, the actress they picked to play um, the magistrate character, when I found out more about her later, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, you could just tell it, it shone through, you know, that person's prior training and whatnot because they had, uh, you know, grown up uh, learning martial arts. So it just, it was perfect. Yeah, that's a, that's a great she, duel. She's still alive, too. We don't see Ahsoka kill her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I did not realize until my rewatch. I I guess whatever for whatever reason I blinked or whatever, and the first time I watched it, I thought Ahsoka killed her. But we we don't see Ahsoka kill her, so uh, I wonder if uh, that character who is maybe a night sister will yes. be coming back again. Have That'd you be fucking cool? Have you read about or have you read or heard about the? Uh the short story in the Clone Wars short story collection that a lot of people think is about her. No. Yes. No. There is a short story. In the, so the Clone Wars short story collection that came out last year, they're all like, uh, it's 10 stories and nine of them are based on episodes that we've seen just different perspectives. Like there's one that's the first episode of Yoda and those three clones, but then it continues and it shows us what became of those three clones throughout the war. But one of the stories was written by Dave Filoni's wife, Anne Convery, has nothing to do with any Clone Wars episode. And it's about a human child who is adopted by a Night Sister clan that survives the massacre. And I oh, wow. mean, there she is. <clears throat> wow. Because the costume designer said something about her being from Dathomir. But uh, yeah, the story ends with her changing her name, but it, it deliberately doesn't tell you what she changed her name to. Okay, that's super so, yeah, interesting. That's, yeah, yeah. There's stuff yeah. there. The story's called yeah. Bug. Bug. Okay. Bug. That was her name before. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no. She's. I. I am firmly in the. She is a night sister camp. Ooh. <laughs> she dresses like one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first time seeing HK assassin droids on screen. Yes. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> They didn't get to do much, but they were very cool. Like, how they moved and stuff. They were neat. Yes. Just uh, that name I, was a cool shout-out, too. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolute fan service. But, like, if you don't know, you don't care. And if you yeah. do know, you get to squee and go, Oh, yeah, I miss him. Best kind of fan service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the space shotgun, too. I thought that was really neat. <laughs> That was rad. That was that's something like we've seen in like the Republic Commando games and stuff. But is this the first time we've seen it on screen? Yeah, that I can remember. I mean, I we've seen so. stuff like that in like Battlefront. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was really, really cool seeing it in live action. Another Battlefront thing is the best 
people who are play Jedi characters in the Battlefront games will strategically turn off their lightsabers to be harder to see. Yes. Uh, especially in dark maps. Like if you're Vader <laughs> or Luke, uh, yeah. who's like dressed in all black as well, you can turn off your lightsaber and then like fucking force run at people and they won't see you coming until it's too late and then ignite your lightsaber and just go to town. And seeing Ahsoka doing that at the start of this episode and like strategically cool. turning off her lightsabers to like hide and sneak up on people and then turning them back on. I was just like, oh shit. Oh shit. She is a very high level in Battlefront. Damn. She's a middle schooler. All she does is play Battlefront. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that introduction is something else. It's done very well. That's like, if you didn't know who a circle was before, just seeing that character do what they did would be like, who is this? And, you know, you want to know more about the character after that. The yeah, no doubt. scene where she cuts the dude in half through the tree and yes. then like, the tree like is re- like falls and is resting on its own stump and then falls behind her is just <laughs> like, damn, that's some anime shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dane being super proud of Grogu moving the ball and like that was precious cheering him on and then being like, what do you mean you're not going to train him? Did you see what he did? He's great. Look at it. And like (laughs) just being like the proudest dad ever was really, really. Yes. Really cute. He was the father of the kid who just barely didn't make the team who just wanted to talk to the coach. (laughs) Just want to talk. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, I remember the the name reveal was something else when oh, when yeah. they first hit. Uh, oh yeah, it was it lit up the internet to say the least. What did you think of the name reveal, Mark? I didn't know that I liked it at first. Like I was just like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I don't know if I needed to know his name, but now it's great that we do. Um, especially because once you see the reaction. Grogu has when he hears his name called out. I was like, "Aw!" <laughs> and so it, it was. It made it much more. It made it so that was Din and Grogu were able to connect more. Now they knew. Mm-hmm. You know, he they, he knew his name. He could call him. Um, you know, because we were already leading. This is like one of the steps that leads to the end of the season and that gut punch. You know, so it's. It was very well planned out, and and that's why, in the end, I'm glad they did that, because it really does help build that emotional tension until the release. Yeah, I I was, so in the, in the original drafts of The Empire Strikes Back, if I can put my extra nerd hat on, uh, Yoda, <laughs> Yoda was his last name. His full name was Minch Yoda, and... I was very much in the camp that this kid's name was Mint. And nice. Yeah, but I, I, you know, so when I first heard Grogu, I was like, no, 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 that's not what it's supposed to be. But after about a minute, I was like, okay, that's sufficiently cute. That is him. He is Grogu. I'll get over it. <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, right. And now it's like it's just second nature to even say it yeah. and you don't even think about it, right? It's like, yeah. oh, it's Grogu. And it fits. <laughs> like Yaddle, Yoda, Grogu. It, you yeah. Know, it, it fits. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's just the way, too, that, that they sold it because once Ahsoka let us know yeah. 
that was his name. It just, it just, like I said again, I, I love how things were presented, and I love that we finally got to see things a little bit more from Grogu's point of view because there was yeah. somebody that was able to interpret for him, and we get more of what this character has gone through. Yes. And that, yeah, it's just it's perfect. It's it, it's really it's it's a pretty well made episode in that sense. Who do you think got Grogu out of the temple? R two D two. That's what everybody keeps thinking of, right? <laughs> I I am I am all in on that one. <laughs> okay, I'll agree with that only if Grogu was able to climb inside like Kenny Baker and get him out of the temple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I liked the theory that it was the Bad Batch, but that seems like that's not the case now. It could have been Joe huh? Castanu. I don't know. Ooh. You know, Joe Castanu makes sense, especially with the the Vader comic that Charles. Yeah. Sold him. Oh yeah, she was not messing around. <laughs> no, no, she was she was incredible. That comic uh, made me I, love her. I'm on Team Barris. Interesting. Hmm. We don't know I what Barris has been up to, yeah. and like she could have known, like she could have been, like Palpatine maybe tried to recruit her to become an Inquisitor, and she was like, "Fuck this, I'm breaking out," and yeah. like <laughs> she got to the temple too late to like save the day, but she managed to save Grogu, like uh, Gambit getting Marrow out of the Morlock massacre. Nice. <laughs> for a real deep cut there you go <laughs> but yeah I'm on Team Barris. Uh, that's an interesting one I was a dummy who was convinced Quinlan Voss was going to be the Jedi who showed up oh, oh, even more to Tython I was, yeah. I was 100% convinced I was like the Kenobi show is coming we know that Quinlan Voss and Kenobi were like super best friends from Dark Disciple and from the Clone Wars episode. So, like, maybe he'll be in the Kenobi show somehow, and, like, they'll introduce him here in Mandalorian Season 2, and, like, then we'll get, like, flashbacks of young Quinlan Voss and, like, young Kenobi, and, like, just some of that that synergy. But, yeah. no. no. And if they want to bring a massage in, hey... <laughs> I'm, mm. I don't think she's dead. I mean, if they can bring Maul back, they can bring anyone back. I think right, interest right. is out there somewhere. Yeah, I hope so. What? Um, who did you guys think the Jedi was going to be? I was mm. right. You were Team Luke. Yeah, but I also thought it could have been Ezra or a new character or Ahsoka being like, "Shoot, I was wrong. Sorry, dude. Yeah, give me the kid." Yeah, those were my three. I, and I would have to say, it, for me, it was I thought it would be Ezra, but mm. then, like with Luke, I was like, "Well, the time is kind of correct for this character to show up." But then it just it blew my mind. It's like, how are they going to make this work? Right? How are they going to make that happen? And sure enough, <laughs> we got I, it. I thought Luke was too obvious. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, "There's no way it's going to be Luke." Like, that's the obvious. It's going to be someone else. So I was like, Quinlan Voss or uh, Cal Kestis. I was oh. like, the actor looks the same. They can put some yeah. some makeup on him. 
Uh, but I was like, it's going to be Calcastus or Quinlan Boss. Calcastus uh, would have been awesome. But then again, yeah. it's like, would that, would that have made sense? Because remember how he didn't want to um, have Padawans or to be training young people. Like, remember, because he got rid of the, the list of them at the but end that, of yeah, the game. That's 25 years ago. Yeah, that was when yeah. there was a that was yeah. when it was too okay. risky. Fair enough, fair enough. Now it's You know, Republic. Empire's gone now. It's safe to train Jedi again. Okay. Or so we but think. yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> so we think. I mean, I guess the problem with Luke is like it it's my biggest issue with the sequel trilogy. There's very little I would want to change about the sequel trilogy. The one thing if I could change one line instead of saying Kylo Ren murdered Luke's students, say he scattered them. Yes. Because with it ending it with a massacre, there's it, it severely limits the stories you can tell between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Yes. Because you know those characters are fucked. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you better hope Grogu graduates early, he gets on them AP classes and gets yes. out of there. But yes. you know what? It's not his first massacre, so I think he's going to be... I mean, that's true, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. This kid has a track record. He's got a merit badge. That is true. Maybe Grogu is the person that gets them out. You know, so... <laughs> Who knows? He pays it forward. <laughs> any Any other rapid-fire round quick things that y'all liked from this episode? I liked, uh, I didn't notice, I knew she was there, but I didn't actually notice her myself until this viewing, uh, Moray flying around in the forest, or she's perched on a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. A nice little oh, touch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. And then the creature design it, it, during those scenes as well, too, you know, with them in the background. Oh, yeah, those big dinosaur guys. Yeah, this is, that's great. Oh. That was cool. Uh, the Lothcat. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Love it. <laughs> Definitely. This episode is jam packed with like little things to notice. I'm sure I'm gonna watch it for a third time and notice things I have not seen yet as well. Like it, you can tell that they really cared about this episode and filling it with fun things to notice. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else? Or are we moving on to negatives? Well, I don't think that's it. I mean, other than, of course, um, the, the music in it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. With the use of Ahsoka's theme, obviously. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, just enough. It was just right. Yeah. It, 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 it's like, I mean, Filoni should be very proud of this episode. He, yeah. he brought to life something that means a lot to him and got to paint this canvas his own way. And I, I you know, no matter what happens, it's like he's always going to have this episode. If nothing ever came out from that man after this, he's like, "I got this. This is my baby here." You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm sure there's more ahead. But still, I, he should be very oh, yeah. proud. Yeah. So two two things I don't love. One of them is very silly, and then one of them is complicated. Uh, it the silly one first is it feels like there's only one villager. Because yeah. anytime they need a reaction <laughs> shot, it's that one dude. And it turns out that he's like the mayor or something at the end. Yeah, that was but not we, established. We either needed more of that dude to like 
find out his name and his fact. Like, like we, he either needed to like be a character and like join the team for this episode or have more reaction shots from more villagers because as it stands, it, it feels very strange. Yeah, I I don't think I noticed that on my first time because it was very overwhelming. But my second time, yeah. Because I know you want a character to be able to connect with, but you can still do that while showing a little more life from the village itself, right? Because you want to you want to fear for them. Obviously, we see people in in pain. You know, they're restrained. They're being tortured, but. It would have been nice to have a little more meat to chew on as far as like the this is the village and you know these are the folks that are gonna suffer if this continues. Even just like a line or two saying like, Oh yeah, this is the I, I was the old mayor, like help me save these people. You, you know, like just just a, a, a smidge more from him and it wouldn't feel so weird that like we only go yeah. back to this one extra yes yeah yeah well everyone like you're saying like if he would have if he would have felt that he failed his people because they, these these folks that have come through are so powerful that he couldn't do anything about it that if, if we had gotten a little bit more of him and why he feels like okay I, now I want to be of some help now that I can be of some help because just I've done a bad job Mm-hmm. I don't know, something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, that that would have been interesting. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're good. You're good. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it, it feels like a silly thing I'd change. But I'd either give him a little a little more meat, like you're saying, Mark, or uh, scale him back some, and you know, focus on other extras as well, because mm, uh, yes. he's in this weird kind of liminal space where like. He's on screen a bunch, but we don't know anything about him. Yeah. Uh, my more serious thing I'd change is uh, uh, we have another transphobe on the Mandalorian. Yeah. And that yeah. sucks. That really, really sucks. So we've dealt with Bill Burr. We've dealt with Gina Carano. And now we have Rosario Dawson. And the Rosario Dawson one is extremely complicated. Uh, for those who aren't in the know, long story short, uh, there was a trans man who was working for the Dawson family. And uh, the when said trans man came out as trans, uh, the Dawson family became very abusive and hostile. And it culminated in like a physical altercation between Rosario Dawson's mom and this trans man who uh, said Dawson was involved as well. Um, There was a lawsuit involved and there has not been any news on this for a long time now. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, Dawson wasn't convicted of anything. And we haven't heard what happened with this suit, so well, it was she the, didn't do it. And the suit like, was thrown out of court, but that doesn't really mean yeah, anything conclusive yeah. in any direction. Yeah. I, I think the Are only you, person that has like um, anything, like any charges still held against him, is the mother. Is what yeah. I last heard. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is what I last heard as well. Um, and so I've heard people say, 
oh, like, just, just forget about it. Like, nothing was proven, and we'll never know, so it's no big deal. And uh, trans people, like, deal with justice in this country in a different way mm-hmm. than cis people. And uh, I remember when this casting was announced, I read uh, a bunch of posts from trans Star Wars fans one saying how much the character Ahsoka means to them and how much this sucks. And then two, uh, their own stories of having tons of evidence for crimes that were committed against them and the cops and the courts doing nothing for it. Yeah. Uh, it did not matter if they had concrete evidence or not. The justice system failed them because they're trans. And when you look at a trans men who one trans men are fucking invisible like if this was a trans woman maybe like liberals would have cared but the fact that it was a trans man like they're like trans men just don't get the attention uh that they deserve um and then two rosario dawson is a prolific actor who is well-regarded, who is well-respected, and who is rich. Add on top of that who her husband is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator Cory Booker, who is one of the like main Democratic senators in this country. Like, There was no chance that this trans man was going to get justice. Like, yeah. Yeah. It should have just been addressed better, right? I mean, even if, even if, say, whatever came to light, whatever happened, there should have been more of a conversation there. And even though I know, like you said, it's complicated, maybe their her publicist or whoever said, we can't talk about this, but because you're just sweeping it under the rug, mm-hmm. that doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't solve what could have been a conversation to bring something important out. It could have been a moment for her to raise awareness in this particular problem and to what happened and to speak to it more. It's like, okay, I'm not perfect. I fucked up, but this is what I'm doing to fix it. I don't think this person and I will ever be friends again. You know, we had a falling out or we hurt them, whatever it is that exactly happened. But the point is that conversation should have been there. And I think it just would have went over better just to have a better idea and, and to try to make amends somehow and i think that would have meant a lot to a lot of people that were really upset by this whole thing so it's, it's super unfortunate that it worked out this way because you know it's 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 one thing i know you understand sometimes it's people's own business but when something like this comes to light it's like you don't want people to think of you this way especially when you're such an important character and that that character means a lot to rosario dawson too so it's it's all around a real shitty situation. I, I really wish that, that, that this all hadn't happened, um, you know? And it seems like no matter what, who we get to come in, I, I mean, like, there's so many great people in Star Wars, but fortunately, when problematic things like this come up, it's hard. It's hard because you feel bad. You don't want to root for this person and, and feel like you're betraying your friends or your, your family you know, a, a trans person in your life that means a lot to you and it's going to hurt them. And, and that's hard to address. You know, it's like, how do you how do you say, oh, well, I love this character, but, you know, your trans friend is saying, but this hurts me a lot. You know, I need to be heard on this. You may not like what I have to say, 
but please listen because these are the reasons why I'm having a hard time with this. So all around, ears need to be open. The conversations need to be had. I, I, I think what you're saying is really important, Mark. It goes back to last week. Uh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. We're in every other week podcast. Last episode, uh, I was talking about Gina Carano, and when people are like, <laughs> "Oh, well, she's a terrible actor," and it's and it's like, "Well, yes, she is." But does that mean you'd ignore her transphobia if she wasn't? Yeah, yeah. And with Rosario Dawson, (laughs) Rosario Dawson is a phenomenal actor. And uh, there are a lot of crickets on the issue around her casting from people who had no problem calling out Gina. Yeah. And now, mind you, Rosario Dawson is classy and like, you know, she's not making anti-mask posts and like <laughs> going full red pill on us. Thank goodness. Oh, uh, but yeah, the it's it's an uncomfortable casting situation, um, and it it could have been avoided. Yes. Uh, and like, don't get me wrong, Dawson is a great actor, and it seems like she handled this altercation by driving up a busload of money at this trans person's house and had them sign uh, had him sign an NDA. Yeah, yeah. That's that does that's my guess on how this was settled and why yeah. we have not gotten more news of it, which like yeah. hey, if every person who misgenders me wants to drive up <laughs> a car full of money, oh god. So I don't call them out on their bullshit, then sure, I'm down with that. That's the best apology. But uh, it is a dark cloud over what should have been a celebration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, damn, like three, we got three actors who like have like glaring transphobia issues on the Mandalorian. That sucks. Yeah. But Anywho, uh, it does seem like uh, she probably, (laughs) I I don't want to say she probably learned something. She probably did it, but she's at least smart enough to like not let that affect her career like some other people who were her coworkers. Uh, And that's at least a relief. Um, She did do that like fake coming out thing that a couple like Hollywood stars have done now. Mm. Uh, Jamila. Oh, oh yes. God. Yes. I, uh, she played uh, Tahani on uh, the good place. Yeah. She also did like uh, a fake coming out, which is annoying um, for the, uh, the flat scans and the audience. Um, there are, uh, it's mostly been women actors will take, a role or a part or they'll have some sort of scandal uh, that looks bad for like queer reasons. And so they'll do a fake coming out to try and make the situation go away where they'll use really vague language and say like, I identify as part of the LGBTQA community and like I empathize with 
their plight and it's also our plight and like they'll just use super vague language and they'll they'll use the language of coming out but they won't identify as anything and when pressed on the the issue of like oh so are you saying you're bisexual they'll say like oh i don't want to use a label i just think i really you know i feel like i'm part of the the lgbtqa community and it's like oh so like you're queer and they'll be like, Oh, well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, label it. And like, maybe like, aren't we all queer? Like what does Uh queer mean? And it's just like, Hey, Rosario, like you can just not say that stuff. Like, Hey, (laughs) Hey, Tahani, like, yeah, yeah. You could chill. You could not, you could just, you could just say that you like queer culture. Like it's okay, honey. Like you can be a fruit fly. Like, like there, there is a like longstanding partner, like, like there is a place for straight people in queer culture. Yes. You just gotta know. (laughs) I'm all their affiliation. You you, you, you gotta like know the language and know the rules and know how to dance kind of thing, you know? Like, oh, but yeah, Rosario also did one of those and I, I, I'll never, I'll never shut up about it. I'm constantly annoyed by it. <laughs> in their quest to want to position themselves as an ally, it's just like they trip over their own tongues, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you can just say you're an ally. You don't right? have to do yeah. this like weird fake yeah. coming out thing. You can just say like, hey, I'm straight, exactly. but like, I love queer yeah. people and, yeah. Yeah. you know, I got in this weird altercation and I'm sorry about it and I gave exactly. the person a chocolate of money like, and, like, and it's good now. Yeah. It's as simple as like, okay, well, you know, I had this one fling in college with my dorm roommate, and like, that's why I feel like I'm part of the community. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't work that way. But hey, kudos to you. (laughs) Hey, I've I've made out with a lot of straight guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) They said that they're... They say they're still straight, and I support them. If I had to be their uh, their college experimentation, then that's fine yes. by me. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you know, it's for a good cause, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now that we got through that whole spiel, uh. which. Uh, <laughs> God, I, I, I was dreading this episode and having to talk about another <laughs> transphobe on the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Any any other things that like we wish could have maybe gone a little bit differently or or anything like that? Or are we are we pretty happy with this episode? I mean that that was kind of it. Like what you said about yeah. the the mayor or whatever he was really struck me on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember my first watch through. I rewound because I thought I missed dialogue. Yeah. 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 It's possible I, that his part might have been bigger at one point, but they had to cut it down just because of the, you know, the length of the episode had to be yeah. a certain, you know, to fit in an, under an hour so or whatever. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. And and that my only other complaint, I think, because along with the mayor, even though Michael Bain gets a prominent role, I still think there should have been a little more to that character, too. And if we're going to give the mayor a little more, maybe it would have been cool to kind of go back in time a little bit and like kind of see how this all came about and maybe give Michael Bean a little more to do because yeah. he had like a great moment with the standoff and everything, right? Because that was great. 
but I don't know. I just felt like he was just underused, you know? Um, and, and he's a great actor. So, but you know, but again, there's only so much time. So there's, I have a feeling there was probably a little more to this episode or maybe someday we'll get in like an extended director's cut of it, which would be great. Right. Um, and find out a little more of what was supposed to happen in this episode. But I will now, say I mean, that hey. dude, that dude chewed every scene he had. He was great. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he's a great actor. It's, it's great to see him around. And, and also again, you know, um, Dan Lee, you know, Santo was fantastic. We picked yeah. a perfect actress to play opposite of Ahsoka and, you know, have it culminate in the duel the way it did. Did y'all care about the Montreals being shorter? Not, not remotely. Not really. No. I mean, Star Wars magic can make pretty much anything possible, but you know, those sort of things, like, you gotta go with what you get, and it could be different by the time we get to the show as well, too. You know, I mean, there's nothing saying that it won't, they won't be a little longer by the time we see the character again, and I'm sure people will have a problem with it, but hey, look, we had special editions, things changed, so just go with it. <laughs> I, I was maybe a little annoyed yeah. the first watch through, because I really love her Rebels look. Yeah. Uh, this watch through, I was like, you know what? I have friends who are cis women who get breast reduction surgery just because like, you know, for, for back reasons or for just comfort reasons, they do it. And like, I was like, you know what? Ahsoka could have done like that on her Montreals. I'm sure that gets hard to fight (laughs) with, you know, like I'm sure if you're a fuck, a Shakti, what, what is this? Uh, Tagruta. If you're a Tergruda and you're yeah. not flipping around being a space ninja, it probably doesn't matter. But yeah. you know what? Athletes do that sort of stuff. So yeah, maybe she maybe she got them altered. And uh you know, people get plastic surgery for all sorts of reasons. So Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, uh second watch through it didn't bother me. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen this because I saw it a couple times when it first hit. But it's been probably almost a year since I last saw this episode. So I was like, when you brought up, we were going to be talking about it, I was like, oh, I'm due for a rewatch. This is going to be great. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome to see again. I used to watch every Star Wars TV show episode twice. Yeah. I'd watch, I did my first watch through, and then two days later, I'd watch it again. Yeah. Um, now that we do this podcast, I'll watch it once, and then I won't retouch it until... It's Force Friends time, and then I'll watch it the day we record. Nice. Uh, so, yes. yeah, this, like, this was my second time seeing it. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, really fun episode. Any any closing thoughts, Ryan? Um, Not really. I, I thought her costume was gorgeous. I thought it echoed uh, stuff we've seen her in before, especially in Clone Wars. Just enough. Yeah. Uh, it does have that Ronin kind of wandering warrior yeah. feel to it, which is cool. Yeah, she's even got those uh, the split toe ninja boot kind of things going on. <laughs> yeah. Mark, any final thoughts from you? The lightsaber design for her was just fantastic. The sound, just everything. It was mm. beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> the sound the Beskar Spear makes... Like, oh, even yeah. when it's just moving, it kind of sings, and then when it makes contact, yeah. that bell noise, super cool. Yep. I have a final thought. Uh, you just awakened a memory. 
Um, about this time last, I, I work in the TV industry and about this time last year, I was on a project talking about Star Wars, uh, with some people and an individual walked by and said that they had been involved in the Mandalorian season two. And I was like, Oh, rad. Like, how was your experience? This person was not a Star Wars fan and they were speaking, you know, very generically like, Oh, like, here's what the work days were like. Here's where we shot. Here's what we did. These are the directors I worked with. And then they said, and I don't know if I just don't know Star Wars, but it, it it didn't excite me because as a kid, like lightsabers were lightsabers and now they're like white and skinny. And I was like, stop, stop. You don't know what you just told me. Stop it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I would have been like... I wasn't looking for that information. Nope. I can't believe I just heard that. <laughs> I, it, yeah. I, <laughs> thank you. Go away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two days later, the guy got a flat tire coming into work, and I was like, you know, that's what you get. <laughs> Mark, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Well, um, you can find me on Pink Milk After Dark on uh, Friday evenings. We have a live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. You can come hang out with us in the Steam Room. Um, It's me, Brian, Emma, and Chase. And we have a pretty good time, and we have a great group of people in the chat. Um, It's a blast. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. Um, And then taking it over to the the Star Trek podcast um, on the uh, Bad Motivators Patreon. And then, of course, on Twitter, you can find me at I am El Diablito. Well, that's going to do it for us. Mark, thank you so much. You can follow Mm -hmm. us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. Uh, We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make all of your podcast streams come true. We are incredibly grateful to be part of the Where They May radio network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM radio, as well as bonus content from music and lyrics by Ending Pending and Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Music and Lyrics by is our newest show. It's uh, done by our producer, Ronnie, where uh, he takes a new album or an artist and then with a guest, uh, they craft a jukebox musical on the spot. It's fucking brilliant. It's a delight. I don't think the first episode has dropped yet when you're listening to this, but keep your eyes peeled. It's coming and it's dope. Uh, Ryan. Yes. How do we end the podcast? Tell the boy about his parents. Tell the girl about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Answer these people's questions. And uh, because we got Mark here, uh, knowing is uh, half the battle. So there we go. Oh, Joe. (laughs) Where they may radio.